Aloha, and welcome back to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. You're listening to Soul, your host, and I'm delighted to welcome back all our regular listeners. For those who've been with us over the years, we're delighted that you're sharing time with us. For those who are new to the series, thank you for joining us. You're going to discover that this information that you receive at Pay Radio, you're going to have a free class on us. So be sure to get your pad of paper and a pen handy to start taking some notes. In this episode, episode number 45, we're beginning to wrap up our year-long journey with Team Clarity. In this episode, we explore the concept of gratitude. What does gratitude mean to you? As Team Clarity shares how what they learned in Chapter 10 regarding gratitude has altered what they experienced in the first five chapters of Pay Me What I'm Worth, you're going to find some extraordinary ahas for yourself. So once again, make sure you have that pad of paper and a pen handy. Time now to introduce Christina Irvin, the team captain of Team Clarity. Hello and welcome from beautiful Northeast Tennessee. This is Christina Irvin. It's really interesting, gratitude, because the first thing that I've done when I've gotten up in the morning is I've just taken my moments, my gratitude moments. And literally, this is something that I have shifted because I literally wake up and my first thoughts are not about, oh, i got to go to work or oh, I hate this situation that, that I'm experiencing. or It's not about me or, or my crap. And I think for me, that's been huge. And let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sortino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. I am able to carry on in my life without doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, without feeling that I have to compare myself to anybody, that I can just be me. I think the old Marcia would have given up, would have not kept going. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. For someone like myself that's lived most of her life just on the surface, I would not have imagined the depth that I would have gone into during this journey to get to the root of how do I define my worth. And now, time for class. Today, I would like to knit it all together. To knit it all together, I invite each of us to take a trip down memory lane with chapter 10's ingredients, much like when we make a soup or cook up a chili or any type of dish where we add spices and all sorts of fun things to make something really yummy. What do you think, first off, are the ingredients you've discovered as you ponder what you went through in chapter 10, Gratitude Guidelines? Humbleness. Mm -hmm. Being truly grateful for your experiences, for your journey, good and bad. Am I hearing depth? Oh, yeah. So you're more deeply aware of gratitude. More, yes, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else? A more joyful spirit. More joy. Okay. Would you say that Chapter 10 has inspired you to be more in the moment? Yeah. I was just get right yeah. conscious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you say Chapter 10 has added the spice of being awake and aware? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has it allowed you to enjoy compassion more fully? Embrace it. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So compassion, awake and aware, joy, living in the moment, humbleness, those ingredients. Let's keep our, our list in front of us as we run through our journey, starting with our first few steps, our ground rules. Remember reading about, oh my God, no more doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. And what's this crazy nonsense of writing a $100 trillion check if I'm going to have one instance of any of those, dealing with the perfectionist and signing the contract. <laughs> Seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. What's amazing is it seems like ages ago, but I can remember when I was reading that for the first, second, third, fourth time, thinking, oh, this, this will be easy. Yeah. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah. We don't realize how ingrained we are in our chaos committee. Similar to the four agreements. One of the agreements is don't take it personally. And when you read that for the very first time, don't take it personally. It's like, well, that's easy, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I I read it for the first time. I said, ah, hell, he's crazy. There's some stuff that just is personal. <laughs> you know me so a lot, my way, I like to keep it real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, I understand. As you think about our first steps, how has gratitude now opened your eyes to the profound level of first steps that you've taken? What's amazing is that I have stuck to this journey, especially with Many of the ahas that I've had about past and my family and, and everything, even my chaos committee and living in Chelsea world, that I allowed myself to continue even when it was really hard, when it was really tough, when things were coming up and I didn't want to think about it, didn't want to do anything about it because I didn't want to do it. But the gratefulness that I feel for doing it has made the hard times during this process even better for me. So gratitude allowed you somewhat of a roadmap to get through those really dark spaces without running into trees and spiraling into depths of depression. I climbed a few trees now. I, I did climb a few trees. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to draw a little bit of an example or real-world tangible for those of us who are church goers and understand the importance of tithing. I have a whole another level of understanding of tithing now because gratitude is helps me get to that other level of, of understanding tithing in a way that I was shocked to like when it hit me I was like whoa <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> that's easy <laughs> so you recognize now that tithing can while traditionally is in the form of transferring money from one account to another account Tithing can also be transferring your attention, transferring your respect, respect. etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my attention, present. Yeah, the, I hope that made sense. I guess it did. Oh, definitely. Okay. Well, it's in line with my very first question: How do you define your worth? Now that's the question right there, buddy. As you think about this, when you started out the journey with that question. How do you define your sense of worth? Think back a year ago. Think back, what was the first gut-level response that you would come up with if you were questioned, how do you define your worth? What's the first thing that came to mind? 
So if I walked up to you as a complete stranger a year ago and said, Christina Irvin, how do you define your worth? Money, bank balance, car, land, house, what would you have said? My honest answer is I had a high value of worth. I didn't truly even understand. I didn't understand uh, the depth mm-hmm. of that. So it was very surface. Um, mm-hmm. And what I thought my confidence level was or what I bring just as being just Christina Irvin still pales in comparison to what I would say now because I didn't have a depth to my understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's that depth ingredient, okay? Touch it off what Christina said about surface. For someone like myself that's lived most of her life just on the surface, I would not have imagined the depth that I would have gone into during this journey to get to the root of how do I define my worth. My answer also early on would have been extremely surface and the lack of understanding that I had for how deep this thing goes was just phenomenal. So knowing what you know now, (laughs) for those listening in, contemplating taking this journey. It is a deep, deep dive. You've got to be willing to deeply dive into your soul. Would you do it all over again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again and again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking that because... Isn't gratitude like your scuba diving gear as you go in to the deeper levels? It provides you the oxygen you need to breathe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's very good. Yes. Marsha, on a number of occasions, you've commented how gratitude has allowed you to just pry loose the barnacles of your hull that you have carried for most of your life, the barnacles of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry you've allowed them to just literally dissolve and float free of you by releasing the past and releasing some sort of need to hang on to judging yourself because of your past. Is, is that an accurate reflection? Absolutely. Oh, it feels so good to release all that inside of me. Now... I can take a look and think of those things. It's so amazing because I realized that all that crap that I had been thinking about myself for all those years, gee whiz, I'm the only one that was thinking about it. That's when I realized, wow, I'm actually surrounded by a loving, loving presence. Why do I want to do something like that to myself? And that's really, that awakened in me. That wisdom, that knowledge awakened in me. Wow, cool. Chapter one. Again, using the flavoring of gratitude, how has gratitude now shifted your awareness regarding your physical world, your material world? I have everything really that I need. In my material world, I have more than I need, actually. And I'm so grateful that I do have what I have. Well, Marsha, I think that this is really profound because you've mentioned throughout the course where you are as far as having to rely on family at times and things like that. Yeah. And how you've had to do take extra measures and things. So for you, I could imagine there is definitely a different a depth to what gratitude plays in respect to your physical world. The depth that I feel about my physical world is that, hey, I am so grateful to be alive today. 
I am so grateful for the fact that even though I may not have as much money in my account as many other people, I've always got food. I've always got everything that I need. I have all the ability that I need right here inside of me to change everything that I need to. It really makes me feel so appreciative and so grateful that I am able to carry on in my life without doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, without feeling that I have to compare myself to anybody, that I can just be, that I can just be me. I think the old Marsha would have given up, would have not kept going. Mm. It's really interesting, gratitude, because the first thing that I've done when I've gotten up in the morning is I've just taken my moments, my gratitude moments. And literally, this is something that I have shifted because I thanks and prayer for other people being grateful for having a roof over my head and for having power and for having food. I've just woken up and just grateful, and that's been a shift for me. That's letting me know that my level of understanding and depth is growing because I literally wake up and my first thoughts are not about, oh, i got to go to work, or oh, I hate this situation that, that I'm experiencing. or It's not about me or, or my crap. And I think for me that's been huge. Christina, am I hearing you correctly that you are no longer taking your material world for granted? Well, I can't say that I don't still take it for granted. I'm still working on that. <laughs> but I'm certainly not taking it as much granted as I certainly was, that's for sure. Chapter yes. 1, when we went through the house and we looked at possessions, what was funny was that years ago I'd be like, oh, my God, don't break that. That came from aunt so-and-so. Or When we did this exercise in Chapter 1, I knew that at that time in my life I didn't put a lot of stock in material things I don't get all bent out of shape if something falls over and breaks. This journey has helped deepen that gratitude that I feel every day. As Christine was saying, you wake up. Number one, I woke up with my right mind. I woke up in a home. I have love and friendship. And those things are so much deeper than anything I could own. And when we put in the perspective of at this moment in time, even when people are listening to this class a decade from now, there will most likely still be a million or more people running from their homes because of war, Mm -hmm. because of abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. There are people who stay in abusive relationships because the creature comforts the roof over their head. The lifestyle Mm -hmm. in which they've grown accustomed to is the trade-off of being beaten up, right? Right. Absolutely. So gratitude has a way of going, hmm, there's something better out there, and I'm going to go look for it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember feeling that way as a child. I can remember nine or ten years old going more to life than this, the abuse and the, the alcoholism from my stepfather, and feeling so afraid all the time. Chelsea, I'm curious, what material item grounded you after you were beaten? There was a closet in the house, and that's where I went. Mm. It was one of those big built-into-the-wall closets. You could open the doors, and I would get in there, and I would stay in there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I really didn't have any material item that made me feel safe. 
I bring this up because one of the things that can rapidly trigger a sense of worth decay is a cherished physical item, an heirloom, piece of jewelry, piece of artwork, something that's easily misplaced or stolen. Should it be misplaced, should it be stolen, all of a sudden that linchpin to feeling grounded, secure, is missing, right? Yes. That makes me think about my mother's wedding band. After she died, I never took that off. And then one time I did, I misplaced it, and I was devastated. It was almost like a death all over again. And it was instant. I mean, you had your act together until you couldn't find it, right? Yes. Well, at that period of time, I couldn't tell you most of what happened. (laughs) (laughs) For at least the first three years after she died, Christina can tell you, I was no good. (laughs) But it gives us the false front that we have our act together. I've known many people. Yes especially people in the traditional sacred ancient world of they've got their medicine bag or they've got Mm -hmm. their particular bell or whistle, their crystal, their incense, their something. Mm -hmm. And if it's missing, they can't perform. They're lost. So the point that I'm bringing up... Off kilter, exactly. The point Mm -hmm. I wish to bring up to consider is when I find myself anchored to any physical item, regardless of what that physical item is, no matter how large or how small... I have created an inroad to worth decay because if something mm-hmm. happens to that item, no matter how trivial, now my sense of worth is shaken. You get my point? Oh, that's good. Yes. Yes. Interesting. I've, I guess I just instinctively understood that being attached to things, like you were just saying, is an inroad. And I never have. Even as a kid, I never was that way. So if Chelsea found a baseball bat and went out and smashed the crap out of your car right now, you wouldn't really care. (laughs) Oh, no, she'd have to pay for my car. She would kill me. But it would not crush me. Because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm fixing to get me a new ride. Exactly. (laughs) Just checking. You think that crazy bitch getting ready to buy me a new wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little reality check. You know, we don't think of it that way, but there are times where I've run into people who I've considered to be very well put together, very grounded, very centered. I appreciate their energy, and then they lose a ring or a set of china was damaged. Now, it's not a complete set of china, and it unraveled them, completely unraveled them. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought to myself, what is it about the material world that we place such deference to when it comes to our sense of identity and worth, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So gratitude to me, like you just said, Chelsea, when I wake up in the morning and I recognize that I wake up, that's pretty much all that counts, right? That's huge. (laughs) As we wrap up with our thoughts on Chapter 1, Are you now more aware how that whenever anything in the physical world, whether it's something we can touch, taste, smell, see, or hear, if we wrap our sense of worth to it, we've created a potential for worth decay? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the takeaway for Chapter 1. Chapter 2, Skills Inventory. 
Remember Reem first telling you that you have hundreds of thousands of skills. Flashback to when I first said that. What was your initial reaction? I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of skills. I don't even think I've ever counted to a hundred and thousand. I just couldn't even imagine having to write all those skills. I remember that discussion, speaking to what Marcia's saying, I remember in that discussion thinking how much I completely discounted so many of my skills because yeah. they just seemed so simple and trivial and, and not really skill. Mm-hmm. Didn't consider them a skill at all on yeah. a lot of things for me. Just the idea that I can get out of bed, I can put my foot on the floor and get up and walk downstairs and just be able to move my body. I am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I'm still able to function in my life. What I've come to know is that my smile is a skill. And I was reminded of that the other day when one of my veterans who were, he was there on hospice, his niece who had been his power of attorney and taken care of him, actually came up to me and said, I want to thank you for your smile during our stay because he passed away that day. She said, you don't know how that much that meant to me each time you gave it to me. So lots of times you wouldn't think your smile would be a skill. So Chelsea, when was the last time you looked in the mirror and gave that same smile to yourself? Oh, that's a deep question. Hmm. I'd have to say it's probably been a while because it's something that I don't think about. Smiling at myself. (laughs) Hmm. That's deep. I like that. We should smile at ourselves every day, no matter what's going on. And feel it. No judgment. Mm -hmm. Feel the warmth in it. I do. I am very aware that I smile. Even if I'm not having to look at myself in the mirror while I'm smiling, I'm very aware when I'm smiling because I feel it inside of me as well. When I smile, I feel joy for sure. We all know what the image of a flashlight, or in the UK it would be called a torch. We all know what a flashlight looks like when it's turned on and turned off, right? Right. Right. To me, is to me, a smile is my gratitude flashlight. And we've also had the discussion around the fact that people are suspect of people who are consistently happy. A skill of being consistently, genuinely, to the core, happy, for some people, will make them doubt whether you're real. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can remember having that feeling before <laughs> for some people. Thinking, oh, you can't be that happy. (laughs) What type of drugs are you on? And can I have some? Uh, Give me some of them. (laughs) So gratitude and skills. I will encourage you every now and then when you're doing the most mundane of tasks, scrubbing the toilet, clipping your toenails, picking up a piece of litter off the lawn, something that is just practically autonomic. You do it without really thinking about it. 
I will task you with this notion of in that moment, take a second and really savor the awareness that you are able to do that. And I guarantee you, it will blow your gratitude out of the water. It will fill the room. People will feel that energy. When, when I get into that space that I am truly grateful for the most mundane of things, blowing my nose, wiping my ass, <laughs> never stop to think about in that moment where I'm wiping my ass, I can wipe my own ass. I've had to wipe exactly. other people's asses. They, exactly. That's a hard thing for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't ready for that hole. Well, it's so and, connected and perspective. to your yeah. <laughs> It's so connected to your dignity. And it's something you don't really think about until you can't do it anymore. And considering the way I get into that gratitude is for the first six months of my life or longer, somebody is wiping my ass for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying the, to pitch your soul as a baby. For so the cute. first year of my life, I, I didn't have any shame around somebody taking care of that for me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's a skill to wipe your ass? Well, tell that to somebody who can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Then we shifted into the world of combining our material world with our skills world, and we look at how one plus one equals three. It's, we're the sum of our parts. So when we started taking stock at the sum of our parts and we began to realize there's more to the story, and we began to realize we may just need to reach out for assistance. We may need to find a teacher, a mentor, a guru, someone who could help us blossom more readily. Chapter three, we started looking at what does it take to create a really solid mentoring relationship? How are you now more grateful for you being your own amazing teacher? I feel so much more aware of all that I have, my wisdom, my past mistakes that I'm aware of that I let go of. I'm so much more aware of all that I have that I'm so grateful for waking up, for becoming who I am and becoming me. I'm so much more appreciative and grateful that I feel my own power. Interestingly enough, this is one of the things that I've come to have a difference. It just recently hit me that I have learning for myself every day is like, whoa. It's another one of those things that if I'm having a moment where I'm down or I have some negative chatter going on or just being in awe of learning something from myself that day, being able to pat myself on the back and be like, huh, look at there. <laughs> And appreciating that because we talk about balance and giving and receiving. But you set the precedent, right, for yourself. And me being able to give that to myself and me being able to celebrate that myself and be humbled by that, that is one of those things that I believe continues to usher the abundance from the universe to keep coming my way and helps me stay in balance. So when I feel like maybe I'm 
exhausted from doing so much giving, and I appreciate that about myself, that I learned something about myself today. Or, and I'm thankful and grateful that now I have the bandwidth to recognize that blessing in myself. Phenomenal. Like, there's no word for it. I can think of no more valuable gift any teacher could possibly give to me than waking me up to me. Boom. That is huge. Yeah. When I think about the concept of being my own teacher, I think about no one else has lived the exact experiences that I've had. So in so many ways, I am my own teacher. And luckily, along the way, I have woken up to the concept of forgiving myself for learning lessons, and I feel very blessed to have come this far in my gratitude for this life that I've had. So many times I I did not feel that way. I thought, Lord, what did I do? (laughs) In a past life or something else, what did I do to bring Mm -hmm. this? But they were lessons that I had to learn, that I had to experience. Chelsea, if I'm hearing you correctly, then gratitude has helped you flip all of your life lessons from those of being punishments to being rewards. Yes, absolutely. That's phenomenal. How many people do you know right now go around daily life being the victim? Almost everyone. To be able to help someone release that victim label. Once again, can you think of any greater gift? It is a great gift, for sure, yes. As I become more aware that everything that's happened to me in my life, I have asked for. That when I step back and Mm -hmm. I look at the sequence of things, the timeline of how something came into my life, how I prepared myself, how I requested it, and then I received it. When I become conscious of the fact that I'm writing my own script, as airy-fairy and artsy-fartsy as that sounds, when I really take 100% ownership of that, mm-hmm. I become aware of the fact I'm never a victim. One of the things Chapter 4 does for us is we begin to give that gift of perspective a shot of steroids, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Mixing in this gratitude awareness now, this increased awareness of what gratitude can do as you reflect on chapter four. When you first read through chapter four and you read the 84,267 steps that you were going to have to do with colored post-it notes and crayons and paper and scissors and magazines and pictures, and your first thought was, yeah, right. True or false? True. <laughs> Come on. True. Up. <laughs> true. 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 They're like, well, that's a nice idea. Okay, what's for dinner? Regardless of what you actually did in Chapter 4, thinking of the gratitude guidelines, how has gratitude shaped a different perspective on your concept of time? Wow. Doing my timeline really blew it up for me. It just exploded right in front of my face. I felt all that gratitude because I looked at my timeline and I looked at all those moments in my life where, hey, I could have died. There were so many moments that I had to be grateful for when I looked at that timeline. 
I realized that, wow, time is so precious. I don't have time to sit here and worry. I want to face the future boldly now. I want to take what time I have left, and I want to live out my purpose. One time in my past, I didn't even know what it was, and I was so fearful of it. But looking at my timeline and seeing that I had all this experience, and I know that I can take my experience, my wisdom, and I can help somebody else, that to me is precious. My time right now is precious. Marcia, I'm curious. Had you kept Chapter 4 to be more of an intellectual curiosity, meaning had you just simply allowed yourself to think about the exercises, no paper, no pictures, no markers, more of an intellectual orgy, what would be your response had you not done the physical paper picture journey? I would not be seeing myself the way I see myself today. I wouldn't have felt who I am. I would not have gotten in touch with all those feelings that I need to get in touch with in order to wipe out my past. It would have been a slower process, much slower. I don't even think the process would have taken place for me had I not done my timeline. Honestly, it was my timeline that when, as I was doing it, I could remember things that happened for me. I could remember how I felt. It was like I had the reflection now. I had the whole reflection standing in front of me. And I got to actually see my part in everything as well. So for me, that is one of the best exercises I have ever ever taken part in in my whole life (laughs) it just exploded it I couldn't believe how I was feeling after I really took a look at everything and my part in every free aspect of my life I often use the visualization of an icebreaker ship those ships that are designed to go down into the depths of the Arctics and crack open those sheets of ice so that water can flow, passage can flow, supplies and services can get in and out. But there are times when even those ships get icebound. Certain weather conditions will come up and they are ice locked. Mm -hmm. I often equate the difference between intellectualizing Chapter 4 and physically doing chapter four is which would you rather be an icebreaker that's breaking the ice to create the passage to flow the energy or an ice breaking ship that's locked by ice locked by the intellectual masturbation that goes on with the chaos committee creating all of those thoughts and images that keep whirling about whirling about whirling about locking you into a cycle of fear chapter four is the hardest chapter It's the most laborious chapter. It is blowing open Pandora's box big time, and it continues to do so. Those folks who choose to put the effort into the the process 
and like Marcia has experienced, you're a great example of, yeah, it's messy, yeah, it's time-consuming, but wow, it's worth it. (laughs) It is so so worth it. I saw the whole mess I made in my life. I saw how much space I have created for myself that's available for me now. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's when I started my breaking down, for real, for real. It was an eye-opener. I think that was my first really big reality check. When you asked the question about as far as time wasted, I could see how much time, and I don't know that I'm going to say wasted in the sense that there was a blessing that came out of it, but so much time went by that I certainly didn't maximize and can't even remember. That was very important for me. That was a big eye-opener for me. It kind of jump-started me. And has gratitude then, Christina, allowed you to temper that inner chaos committee such that instead of tearing yourself apart, beating yourself up, setting even more unrealistic goals, has then gratitude helped you be more compassionate with yourself? Yeah, very much so. For me, there was that moment of there were things that I wanted to do that – I'm just not in the position to do right now. And normally I would have just been all kicking myself in the butt and suck, I can't even do this, blah, blah. And I, trust me, I've had some moments of just really big frustration, not even going to lie and act like I haven't. But in the moment, again, I've just been able to recognize how beating up on myself, A, was <laughs> reverting back to that old behavior, and B, it was keeping me blocked up so I wasn't able to to serve others and see it wasn't going to serve anything because it wasn't going to change the reality. Mm. (laughs) This is not the time that God wanted me to deal with that or experience that. I don't know what in the world he's bringing in the future to have the maturity to actually say, this ain't the time for that. I think he's like, job well done, kid. I got you. And if memory serves, Christina, gratitude mixed with time has helped you shift into a much more healthier role as a daughter and as a partner. Yeah, for sure. You're now handling relationships in a much more healthy way, yeah? Mm-hmm. And even when they get the tax in me, <laughs> as they can do, <laughs> I'm certainly responding differently. And that's good because somebody's got to have level head and can't be feeding the chaos. If everybody's feeding the chaos, it just gets bigger. It sucks you I call those moments in time where I sense I'm being tested a pop quiz. How much have I really learned? Yeah, yeah I call those challenges. Even if it relates to people, I go, in my mind, I go, oh, you're a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) You're a big challenge. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like that pop quiz, so that reminded me of being in school. I used to hate a pop quiz. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) But isn't it true? Isn't it a pop quiz where, in essence, we're being thrown a lesson that we have learned? You did learn it. What did you learn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think 4Q15 was nothing but an ongoing pop quiz. And there were, there were some days where there were like 10 quizzes in that day. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. In many relationships, it's very easy to stuff stuff over time. Oh, I'll just let that go. Oh, I'll just push that down. Oh, I don't have time for that right now. I, da, 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 da. And then at some point, something will happen, and Mount Vesuvius will start erupting all over that person. And that other person is like, what the fuck brought that on? <laughs> Yeah, I've had that experience some. Yes, I have. It's like the pin was taken out of the grenade and all of a sudden, kaboom! It's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> so gratitude mixed with time keeps us real time, meaning that when something starts being an issue for me, I have the courage to bring it up with you in that moment so that instead of a scratch becoming a gaping sore... I can deal with the scratch and let it begin to resolve itself in that moment. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And for those who have experienced physical violence, the level of which one has to stuff that act in order to continue to function mm. boggles my mind. It is. Yeah. That's how you become to live in shelter world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And it takes someone who's been through it to help someone out of it in a way that doesn't re-victimize them. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Right. Yes. Another benefit of gratitude plus time and experience. As we started bridging our inner world with the outer world, that's what Chapter 5 is all about. It's beginning to transition across the bridge from learning how to receive to learning how to give. And in Chapter 5, we began to really take stock of relationships. What creates a healthy relationship? How do we maintain healthy relationships? How do we work smarter, not harder? How has Chapter 10 flavored your relationship with yourself on any level? For me, it's being grateful that I can quicker assess the situation, and resolve it in a much better, amenable way than my initial reaction. And so is it accurate to say, Chelsea, that when some untold depth of memory that you had no idea was still floating down in the deep recesses of your mind finally feels safe enough to float to the surface? Yes. You're able to take that gratitude for allowing yourself awareness that you now feel safe enough to handle it? Yes. Absolutely. That's huge. Feeling safe within yourself and not how the external world can make you feel unsafe, but feeling safe inside yourself is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone says to me at work, so is your dad still alive? What does he do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, no. No, he died a few years ago. He died in prison. And they just sat stand, <laughs> stand there and look at me. And I'm like, no, he really did. Because sometimes I think I'm joking. I feel safe enough within myself to say, this is what it is. And wow. it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. That's a very freeing feeling. I'm getting the mm-hmm. same type of energy or feeling from you now, Chelsea, that I feel from Marsha when she talks about releasing her past total release of that anchor of angst yes that anchor that so many of us who have been abused in a life full of trauma and drama 
that you feel so bad and so ashamed of what you've experienced in the past and a lot of your family that they don't feel it. You allow it to drag you down and stay down. And I've told many people, verbalizing what you've been through and just saying it for what it is is so freeing. My initial thought was Chapter 10 has helped me start to trust me more. And I always thought that I did trust me. <laughs> I thought I'd trust my decision-making. I thought I trusted my everything. And, I, and then I learned, no, that really wasn't the case. So attitude has helped me get to a point of being able to trust me more. And with trust comes less fear, and, and it makes it less likely that I succumb to doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And then that, Christina, ripples to all other relationships, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I have to say that it's been a whole mix of gratitude that I've had about myself, what I awakened to in myself. I have some of what Christina, the, the trust, I'm trusting myself more now. I feel more powerful. I'm getting more balance back in that giving and receiving. Released so much of my past, of, and I've taken such a good look at my part in everything, and it don't have those fears. I mean, I look at things in my past and I say, history, isn't it interesting? <laughs> those curious facts, and that's all they are. That's all they become. It's like wiped out because... The emotions that I had attached to all that in the past, it's gone. It's just not there anymore. They're just little historical facts that make life interesting. I am who I am because I worked on looking at myself, looking at my past, and letting it all go. I'm not my past. I don't carry around that baggage anymore. Amen, sister. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I am not. Well, I don't know about y'all, but uh, there was some power up in that. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You're getting it. got us standing up, and girl, we get ready to do the dance. You're getting it. <laughs> You're, getting it. You're getting a sense of what it's going to be like now should you choose to go through this again. With this new empowered awareness, what I've noticed with folks who do it again and again and again is the stories that were told in round one fade in round two, fade even more in round three, sporadically pop up in round four, and disappear in round five. Wow. There is even no need to talk about it because it's been so washed away and released. There's, even when family members or friends or long-term friendships bring up, didn't your father die in prison? You look at them like, huh? They think you probably have Alzheimer's because you've let it go. It's not part of your DNA anymore. Did that make any sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yum. 
Tina Irvin here, and I want to thank you for joining us as we continue to explore worth as it relates to life's abundance. If you resonate with this discussion and know that it's time to make a change, we start new teams on the first Saturday of every month, and I encourage you to take action now. Until next time, you have a great day. To get involved in Christina's classes, call her at 423 737 5809. Again, Christina's number is 423-737-5809 to learn how you can join one of her upcoming groups. Thank you once again for listening. This is Soul, your host. If you'd like one email reminder of upcoming shows, be sure to click on the follow button at the top of our Blog Talk Radio page. To connect to that page, just simply go to bit.ly forward slash pay radio. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.